بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم على من لا نبي بعده وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين my brothers my sisters yesterday we spoke at a venue i think it was in north london and something very interesting was the point of the call to prayer that we are supposed to make five times a day that call to prayer we all would know it and recognize it and if i were to ask you the meaning of the first phrase of that call to prayer you would all know what it means if i said for example allahu akbar allahu akbar what does that mean can someone say it allah is the greatest and it's a call to prayer a call to success i'd like to succeed so prayer is a cornerstone of success but at the same time why does the call to prayer start by the declaration that allah is the greatest if you take a careful look at the arabic language akbar actually means greater al akbar means the greatest and akbar means greater it's superlative comparing two things or a few things and saying this is better so better than what allah is greater that's what you are saying if you look at the linguistics the language of it you are saying allah is greater greater than what allah is greater than whatever you're busy with right now so drop it and go and pray to achieve success that's basically what you're saying allah is greater than anything that you might be busy with right now no matter what it is bringing for you it could be your work it could be your cooking your cleaning it could be your dress it could be your holiday it could be your motor vehicle it could be whatever else it might be a relationship anything allah is greater drop what you're doing right now and go to pray why because that's ultimate success today on earth we're all searching for success prayer is a struggle because of the distractions that we face while living the reality on earth but when you get used to it it's no longer a distraction it's no longer something that you would feel needs a great effort because you've given it its due position in your life and that's why i want to start off with the same point because it's a reminder for me to say i have struggles in my life i go through challenges we're all human beings we go through days we're happier than other days and we go through days when we're sad because we're human not that we're questioning allah but it would be good to know some of the plan of allah subhanallah by surrendering to the plan of allah and surrendering to what allah has chosen for me I would draw closer to Allah indeed but something interesting is drawing closer to Allah almighty does not mean you've understood fully what Allah almighty has decreed for you or why he does certain things do you know 
a lot of the things that have happened in your life that seem negative or even positive, you will only understand those things or the bulk of those things after you've passed on. When Allah Almighty, when you have the opportunity to ask, what was this? What was that? Or you see the reward of it or the consequence of it, then you understand, okay. For example, a person who's terminally ill, the reward of just being patient, Allah Almighty says, the reward of just being patient, Allah Almighty says to us through the blessed lips of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that if you had to see that reward for the patience you bore upon a sickness that you were made to endure, you would ask Allah Almighty to have kept you sick for longer in order to have gotten such simple and easy rewards that were so great. For example, if I were to tell you, and it's a very different example, if I were to say, can you work for me carrying the pots and plates, for example, and I'll give you a million pounds. Or if I, if I told you, I'll give you something good. While you're carrying the pots and plates, you're probably upset. What, does this guy really think I'm worth carrying? I have a PhD and I'm carrying pots and plates up and down. And then when the day comes to an end and all the pots and plates are put and I give you a million pounds, what will you tell me? Can I come tomorrow? Agreed? Or can I continue with the pots and plates all night? Agreed? Why? Because you see a massive reward for something that was, hey, it was okay. It wasn't that bad, you know? So this is Allah. Allah Almighty knows. He knows what he's doing. Allah is greater than your problem. Success lies in turning to him. Turn to him through what? Through prayer. And this is why we always say, I'll find out one day, oh, I saw such a big reward. You know what? I was diagnosed a terminal illness and Allah alone knows what's terminal and what's not. How many have been diagnosed illnesses that are considered terminal? They've come out of it. Survivors, they say cancer survivor. May Allah grant cure to all those who are sick and ill. I can, I can think of quite a few names right now of people who do have cancer. May Allah Almighty grant them cure, miraculous recovery, I mean. But there are so many who have recovered, right? And subhanAllah, the same applies to other diseases, sicknesses, and sometimes when medicine's given up and then you find a person years later still alive and well, what happened? It was Allah. You don't know. But when you hear the news, you become saddened. You become anxious sometimes. It's not easy to prepare for death. It's not easy to prepare for the end. You've got to be very strong. You have to have faith and conviction that the one who brought you onto this earth will take you to a better place than you are in right now. Just like how he brought you to a better place than the womb of your mother that you were in at some point. And you might have enjoyed it in the womb of your mother. Temperature control, what else? You didn't feel the heat and the cold, what else? You ate whenever you wanted to, what else? You grew, mashallah, beautifully, what else? Whenever anyone bumped you, your mother got hurt, not you, subhanallah. You were cushioned in every single way. So many perks of being in the wombs of your mums. I was too. Can you remember? I can't. You can't either. But, did you not come out to a place that was unimaginable, unthinkable, while you were in the womb, and then you came out to a place that was unique, amazing, superb, 
for your mind and mine. Well, the same Lord is going to take me to a far better place when I'm finished with this one here. When I'm finished with this stage of my life, I'll go through something called death. But in reality, it's the beginning of the eternal life. Beginning of the eternal life. And when that happens, subhanallah, I have conviction that I'm going to a Lord who is merciful, forgiving, kind, loving, amazing, compassionate. I'm going to that Lord. He's looking for any excuse to forgive me. And that's the reason why when you answer the call to success, it is the call to prayer. So you begin to pray. My brothers and sisters become strong, become regular, work on yourself. Do better than what you are doing when it comes to your prayer. The benefit is tremendous. I need to do better too. Those who are praying five times a day can still increase in the quality of the prayer and perhaps increase in the number of units. If you're just doing that which is compulsory, may Allah strengthen us to do a little bit more of that which is voluntary. But it is definitely a point that we need to consider because if Allah calls it the key to success and has connected the two when we say Hayya ala salah and Hayya ala al-falah, you know, come to prayer, come to success. If Allah's connected those two, surely I need to respond to that in a positive way. And when that happens, I promise you, your development of a connection with Allah will be such that you become content with whatever Allah has chosen for you. And when you're content with what Allah has chosen for you, yes, you pray for what you want, knowing that if Allah wants, he's going to give it to me. And we pray that he does. But if he knows that it's better for me not to have it, he's going to keep it away from me. And at the same time, we would know that I have to read a certain chapter of the Quran or a surah of the Quran in every unit of prayer, Surah Al-Fatiha. In it, Allah has chosen to mention certain qualities and names of Himself. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. What does it mean? The most merciful, the most merciful. Two different types of mercy. Rahman is the mercy of Allah that encompasses absolutely everything. Those who believe, those who don't believe, all other creatures of Allah, everything that Allah's made, Ar-Rahman. He is merciful in an all-encompassing way. And Ar-Rahim is a specialized mercy for those who believed in Him. So it's not like Allah's mercy is only for those who believe. There is a specialized mercy for those who believe. But look at the mercy of Allah upon everyone and everything. It's there. He's merciful. That's why we are on earth. If Allah had to punish us for our sins immediately, we wouldn't be existing. But Allah says, no, no, no. I give you a chance. A chance to do what? Turn to me. Seek forgiveness. You will be forgiven. It's never too late. You're breathing. Your heart is beating. Subhanallah. Turn to me. In what? Just say, oh Allah, forgive me. I'm weak. What I did was wrong. I won't do it again. I want you to forgive me. That's it. Allah says, you're forgiven. Just with those words. You know, we're taught to repeat istighfar, this repentance and seeking forgiveness. We're taught to repeat the seeking of forgiveness many times. Not because we're doubting the mercy of Allah. The first time you ever said it, it's gone. It's wiped out. Second, third, fourth, fifth time, what's happening? Elevation of status. So you repeat it a hundred times. Not because I'm doubting whether Allah's forgiven me or not. Don't let yourself 
Don't let yourself swim in doubt. Doubt is from shaitan. The devil attacked us initially, making us commit the sin. And then when we're seeking forgiveness of Allah, he makes us think, nah, you're not going to be forgiven. That's even worse than the sin itself. The first time you say, oh Allah, forgive me. It is gone. It's gone. Allah is the most merciful. If, if you come to me for something wrong that you've done, and if I can tell you, listen, my brother, don't worry, it's okay, forgiven. Forgiven even before you did what you did. I've said it to some people. In fact, I believe it. It's, it's okay. You do whatever you want, you're forgiven. If a human being can tell you that, first time you said it, would you need to repeat it again and again and again and again? No. So you don't need to repeat it with Allah, but you're taught to repeat it because it's an elevation of status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers, my sisters, don't doubt the mercy of Allah. I was saying moments ago, preparation for death is not simple. But when you're a believer, you are convinced in your heart, no matter what I've done in my life, I, I know that I'm going to a Lord who's most forgiving, most merciful, who is kind and compassionate, who will forgive me because I said, oh my Lord, forgive me. I know I'm going to that Lord. So now, now what happens? Now you look forward to it. And that's why Allah Almighty has taught us, man ahabba liqa'allahi ahabballahu liqa'ahu. Whoever is looking forward with love, to the meeting with Allah, Allah looks forward with love to the meeting with that person. Whoa. Would you love to meet Allah? Well, in that case, Allah loves to meet you. Are you looking forward to the meeting with Allah? Well, Allah is waiting for you. Subhanallah. So my brothers and sisters, those of us who've lost loved ones, inshallah, we will be united with them very soon by the will of Allah. Pray for them. The biggest gift you can give your loved one who has already passed on is just to say, Oh Allah, have mercy on him. Forgive him and grant him paradise. Or have mercy on her. Forgive her and grant her paradise. Allahumma ghfir lahu warhamhu wa sakinhu fil jannah. If there are more, you can say, Allahumma ghfir lahum warhamhum wa sakinhum fil jannah. Oh Allah, forgive them, have mercy on them, and grant them jannah. You can repeat that many, many times. It will reach them. It will benefit them. It will help them. Yet, it's one of the simplest things you could ever do. The biggest gifts you can ever give to those who've passed on. Because if you and I achieve the forgiveness of Allah, We've achieved success. When I pray to Allah, do you know what happens? Let me explain something very interesting. Sins are divided into two in Islam. Minor sins and major sins. The major sins are those wherein Allah has mentioned a specific punishment for. Right? Those are major sins. The rest are actually minor sins. So we're taught by the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that when you do good deeds, automatically the minor sins are just wiped out, they're gone. Even though I did not specifically seek forgiveness for those minor sins, you know, we live in an age where as you walk out, as you look up, as you turn around, minor sins keep happening here and there. Some of them might be intentional. You know, it's not easy to control the eye sometimes. And sometimes you say, oh, you don't realize... I'm looking at something I'm not supposed to be looking at and I have the audacity to say, MashaAllah. Right? 
And the sister has the audacity to say, thank you so much, Jazakumullah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. We don't realize it because we're living in an age where that happens on a daily basis. So Allah says, when you do good deeds, the minor sins are wiped out. One salah to another salah, the Prophet peace be upon him says, lima bainahuma. They expiate the minor sins deleted and cancelled automatically between the two prayers. Shouldn't I be praying five times a day? The Quran. Allah says, indeed, good deeds will automatically delete the bad deeds. Good deeds automatically delete your bad deeds. A guy comes up to me and says, you know what, I've done a lot of bad. What should I do? I said, seek forgiveness and now do a lot of good. The reason is, there is a scale on the day of judgment where your deeds are weighed. Allah did not say those who committed sin are not going to go into Jannah. Allah says, you know what? If you have more good deeds than bad deeds, you go into paradise. Subhanallah. And this is not referring to the bad deeds you've been forgiven of. It's referring to those you did not seek forgiveness from. When Allah says, I don't forgive shirk, which is association of partnership with me. He's not talking about those who sought forgiveness from it. He's talking about those who died and did not seek forgiveness. So if you're alive, even shirk Allah forgives. Look at the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Look at them. What were they before Islam? The bulk in Makkah al-Mukarramah were known as Mushrikeen. They were known as people who associated partners with Allah. When they accepted Islam, Islam wipes out, deletes, cancels, covers that which was done before it in terms of bad. The same applies to Tawbah. The same applies to the pilgrimage. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says whoever goes for pilgrimage and does not engage in immorality or abuse or evil while in the pilgrimage, they will come back as clean as the day their mothers gave birth to them. Meaning, sins will be wiped out. Not that your good deeds are wiped out as well. So isn't that the mercy of Allah? So we look forward to the meeting with Allah and we know the challenges that He has placed in our lives are part of the deal. It's part of what Allah's kept for us on earth. Meaning Allah has chosen that for us and Allah chooses for everyone different tests. Your life will be different from mine and your life will be different from your own brothers and sisters. Your life will be different from your parents to a degree, sometimes very different. It's you, you're unique. A few days ago, I met a relative of mine here in London. And I said, Oh, you look like your mother or you look like your father. I can't remember. We were just talking about what they look like. You know, people look at you and say, hey, they see the dad in, in, in you and they see the mum in you. It's quite easy to tell. People walked in, I could tell these people are part of one family. Why they have uh, some features that are similar, right? It happens. But when someone says, I think you look like your mum. Can I tell you the truth? The truth is, you are you. You are unique. You are yourself. There is no one from the beginning of Adam right to the end of the last of our species who is going to be just like you. Not one. You are unique. You are yourself. That's what it is. But some similarities, yes, I agree. Some similarities. You might notice certain type of eyes, certain type of nose maybe, some ears. Uh, I can sometimes tell people are related just because of the shape of their ears. How's that? It can happen. It does happen. Subhanallah. And sometimes 
brothers, sisters, but very different. You wouldn't even believe. Sometimes twins, but you won't believe these are twins. You won't even believe they related. That's Allah. That's Allah. The point I'm making is you are unique. You are you. Remember that. You might look similar, but Allah has chosen a totally different path. When I say a totally different path, I'm not talking of religion and so forth. I'm talking of your path of life. You're going to go, you're going to perhaps get married, your, your circumstances may be different, you will have children, you may not have children. Take it in your stride. Keep asking Allah for what you want and what is beneficial for you. Keep asking Allah to give you what, he, what you would like to have. But remember, ultimately, He may not give it to you. Your dua does not go to waste. People say, why should I call out to Allah? And this is, this is it sounds like a valid statement. Listen to it. It sounds like a valid statement. People say, why should I call out to Allah for something when it is already decreed whether I'm going to have it or not? Whoa, did you hear that? Isn't it decreed that I am going to have X, Y, and Z in my life? What's the point of asking Allah when it's already decreed? Because it was part of the decree that you were going to call Allah, call out to Him, and as a result, He was going to give you that. You see the point? People say, why should I seek forgiveness when it's already written that I'm going to go to heaven or hell? The reality is because you don't know. If I ask you, where are you going, guys? Put up your hand if you guys are going to hell. No one, you see? What makes you so sure you're going to heaven? Can I tell you what makes you so sure? What makes me so sure? I have a Lord who's forgiving. I have a Lord who's kind, who's merciful. I'm trying to develop a relationship with Him. I try hard. I falter sometimes. It's okay. But I keep seeking forgiveness from him. And I know he's kind and merciful. Therefore, I'm convinced, inshallah, he's going to look at me with the eye of mercy. Wow, now you're talking. Okay? I'm convinced by the will of Allah that he's going to have mercy on me. And I pray he's going to forgive my shortcomings. I admit, that's why Sayyidul Istighfar is one of the most powerful Duas or statements of seeking forgiveness. Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. La ilaha illa anta. There is none worthy of worship besides you. Khalaqtani. You made me. Wa ana abduka. And I am your slave. Wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mastata'atu. I am upon your covenant, your promise, to the best of my ability. Abu ulaka bi ni'matika alayya. I admit, I admit without denying a single favor. Of yours upon me and I admit my sin I'm acknowledging I'm sinful I've made the sins so forgive me because there is no one besides you who forgives sins that dua is known as Sayyidul Istighfar the leader of the seeking of forgiveness Subhanallah. So these words are powerful. Learn them. When you go home, you can search Sayyidul Istighfar and learn those words and repeat them to Allah with conviction every day. Oh Allah, forgive me. And you know, I've admitted you, you've gifted me with so much. You've blessed me with so much and I admit that I was wrong and I committed sins. Sins I know, sins I don't know. I was saying moments ago, two types of sin. One is the minor. The minor is forgiven just by you doing good deeds. But the major, you need to seek specific forgiveness. Oh Allah, I did this specific sin. I regret it. I will not do it again. Forgive me. Oh, conditions are met. What's the conditions? The conditions you admit, regret, 
seek forgiveness of Allah and promise not to do it again. The first question that people ask is, what if later I did it again? It's a common question because obviously we're human. The answer is for as long as at the time you were seeking forgiveness, you had it in your heart that you're not going to do it again. Later on, if human nature made you falter the second time, don't let shaitan trap you further by making you think, well, you know what? That means I'm not genuine in my tawbah and in seeking forgiveness. So maybe I should not seek forgiveness of Allah. Allah knows your future. Ultimate success for you and I is actually the success of the hereafter. What that means is, on earth, I'll have days when I'm happy. I'll have days when, mashallah, I rejoice. I'll have days when perhaps a holiday like what we have right now, families might gather and we might have a good meal and we might enjoy the food. And mashallah, like this evening, we're going to be enjoying a five-star meal by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thanks to Saffron Kitchen, alhamdulillah. I hope so. Trust me. The food is amazing. I can tell you that from now. Alhamdulillah. But still we'll enjoy. And, uh, and then we might have a day when we're traveling somewhere and we don't have something to eat. And we're a bit hungry and we can't find halal food. And then you survive on bananas and water. Are you right? You're lucky to have the banana because others didn't. Or you have a bit of water. And then you look at the water and you're wondering, hey, is this clean or not? My brother. Mashallah. And then you can't sit on that day and say, you know, we're in the Gambia. Sorry to give you an example. And here we are. And last week we were sitting at Saffron Kitchen munching. I should have put in a bit of food. My pocket it would have come handy today. It won't. It's just Allah testing you. A day you have, a day you don't have. Did you thank Allah when you had? Yes. Did you thank Allah when you did not have? Yes. Oh Allah, I don't have food today. Grant me from the food. But I thank you that I'm alive. I thank you I'm okay. I thank you I'm in good company. I thank you I have good health. I thank you that you've given me the ability to call out to you. Oh Allah, draw me closer to you. And guess what? As you're getting hungrier and hungrier, one thing happens to a believer. Your dua and your supplication becomes more and more sincere and genuine. Why? Because now I'm becoming desperate. Now I'm becoming desperate. And then you start, oh, and then you start getting a bit dizzy. You say, oh, Allah. Oh, Allah. Why? Because now I'm getting a bit dizzy. I need a bit of sugar. I need something. I need some energy. And guess what? It's called istighatha. Isti'ana is to seek the help of Allah. You alone we worship, you alone we seek help from. I'm seeking the help of Allah, isti'ana. But istighatha is to seek the help of Allah in desperation. I'm desperate. That's why the rain is also called ghayf. That which Allah gave you in terms of rain from the skies. At a time when you were desperate. So when you're desperate, the level of dua is far higher than when you're just asking Allah, Oh Allah, you know, grant me, for example, uh, a good meal today. MashaAllah, your meal is almost confirmed, but what's going to be in it? You ask Allah, maybe, who knows, SubhanAllah. But imagine you have nothing to eat. Imagine you're in the desert. Imagine you're in the bush somewhere. And imagine now you've lost something or there is an animal coming in your direction. Oh, SubhanAllah. Are you going to be one of them uh, taking out your phone? Let me whip out my phone, bro. There's a lion running towards me. I'm going to put this just now on. Oh, whoa. I remember there was a brother many, many years ago when I was young in Zimbabwe, there was a story in the papers of a, a guy who used to cross 
where the lion park is, and there are a lot of lions and elephants in Zimbabwe. I think we've got one of the biggest populations of elephants perhaps in the world. And so the, the guy's passing the lion park every day and he notices chunks of meat being, you know, next to the lions because they have to feed the lions chunks of meat. And this brother's thinking to himself, yo, this meat, man, you know. So he tells his family, I'm going to come back with some meat one of the days. You know what? I'm just going to jump up that fence, quickly take the meat and come back. So his family kept telling him, hey, don't even try that. Don't even try that. And wallahi, one day he went in when the lions were just sleeping. He went in. Whatever he did, Allah alone knows. But I tell you, I'm going to show you something very, very impressive. So in my country, the ID card and the driver's license is actually a metal plate. This guy was eaten. The only thing left was his ID card. See this? I can cut my bread with this. Those are my driver's license ID cards. Subhanallah. It's literally a metal plate. That's the only thing that was left. And later on, they identified the brother and they went to tell his family and that's when they gave the story to say he's been eyeing out that chunk for a while. So when you see an animal coming towards you, please don't whip out your phone and think I'm going to become insta-famous, you know? Tick-tock, your life will just tick and talk. Alas. <laughs> may, Allah, may Allah Almighty grant us ease. Allah's blessed us. Allah's blessed us. Many times we become very, very saddened because yes, we are going through challenges. We will. Allah tests the strongest soldiers with the greatest of challenges. That's why Nabi Muhammad went through great challenges. You know, if you were to travel today to parts of the world where there are floods, war zones, disasters, whatever else it may be, you will realize the favor of Allah upon you. But one thing, you will realize how Allah has chosen them for challenges. Had they not been, subhanAllah, chosen by Allah for those challenges, they wouldn't have been going through them anyway. But Allah chose them to give them an opportunity. What is the opportunity of sabr? Because ultimate success is not in this world. Ultimate success is for the hereafter. So what you need to do is build your relation with Allah. I want to make mention of something today that's very, very important. Like I say, yesterday I spoke about the call to prayer. And why and what is it that is greater when we say Allahu Akbar? I tell you, I want to invite you to read a few words of the greatest of words in existence, the Quran. The words of Allah are the greatest in existence. Take the time to read a few words every day. A few words. If Allah has kept a massive reward in reading a letter of the Quran, it's not for nothing. If Allah has kept 10 rewards for every letter that you utter of the Quran, it is not for nothing. It depicts the fact that something massively important must be in this message. Imagine if I just read the Quran. I mean, you see the elderly people, a lot of the times they just, you know, open the Quran. They get so much of comfort just by going through the Quran, just by reading. And you know what? You're clocking reward upon reward upon reward. Imagine. 
إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين. If it's ten rewards for every letter, how many was that? You'd have to sit and calculate. You work it out, but you have to sit and calculate. So, if Allah has kept a massive reward for something, it means there is something about it that is so important, so important. Surely I should understand that. I must make an effort to read a few words, to try and understand what Allah is saying, to continue asking questions because of something I have not understood or I feel a bit confused about, continue asking until you receive a convincing response based on evidence. Right? Because sometimes you might read something and you might be a little bit confused. Why does Allah say this? Keep asking until you get a response based on evidence that you're now sitting with and mashallah, I've understood what's happened. And if there's something you haven't really understood, you tell yourself, well, I believe it's from Allah, so I believe it. It's, it's there. Yesterday, someone asked me, why do I have to do this? And they mentioned something. I'm not going to say what it was, but they mentioned something that a Muslim should be doing. I said, you know what's the true answer? Because Allah said so. And that's it. When you get to a level of belief, you realize that if Allah says something, that's it. It's like the Sahaba, the companions. They were chosen to be companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. May Allah be pleased with all of them. Because when they were told alcohol is haram, stay away from it. What did they do? They spat it out and threw it out instantly and immediately. They threw away whatever barrels of alcohol they may have had. They threw it all away. Same moment. Imagine if it was us, our time. If, if the Prophet, peace be upon him, had to come here and say, this is compulsory and this is prohibited. What would happen to us? I don't even want to think. There might be from amongst us, may Allah not make it, argument. No, I don't think so, man. Ah, no, no, give us a bit of time. We can't lose so much of money. Come on. It could have been arguments, right? May Allah Almighty strengthen us. My brothers, my sisters, Spend some time in your day, even if you're in a vehicle, transport, moving from A to B, how we look at our phones so many times, at least open the app that has in it verses of the Quran. We call it the mobile Quran on your phone. Read one verse, one verse to begin with and its meaning. Check out its commentary if it's there. Check out a little bit more detail of the verse if it's there. You do that every day, I promise you, your life will change. Do you know why? You're developing a connection with the word of Allah. And here is the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, man The best from amongst you, those who learn the Quran and teach it to others. Learn what about the Quran? Not just the melodious recitation, but the meaning of it, what it stands for, what it has in it, what is there in it for you. Understand it. Convey it to others. Practice upon it. You become the best. And there's a reward just for trying. You know, people had complained because not everyone can recite the Quran as beautifully as Sheikh Hamza. Not everyone can recite the Quran as beautifully as a good reciter. So some people feel, hey, it takes me so long. This guy can read the whole juz in 20 minutes and here I am it's been three days and I'm still going on and on and on and on so the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him says oh the one who recites the Quran perfectly has a reward you know 
He is, he has such a high reward with the, with those who are high. And what about the one who, the hadith uses the term, you ta'ti'a, ta'ta'a, ta'ta'a means slowly, you know, you're just saying, iyaka, iyaka, and you're so slow, and you go back, na'budu, and then you're iyaka, na'budu, and you're very, very slow. The Prophet, peace be upon him, says that person has a double reward. Double Two rewards. One, for what they're doing. And two, for the trial and the effort that was far more than the other guy. Subhanallah. So don't give up. Everything will be rewarded by Allah. During our short stay on earth, it might be tough. We might have difficult days, but Allah gives you good days too. It's a balance. You can't just have all good. Some bad has to come. Some things that may come in your direction may be tough, really tough, but it's okay. The help of Allah, we will manage. I've had people who've messaged me, told me, and up to today it happens, where they say, I don't feel like living anymore. And I always tell them, two years from today, you will regret even having said that. It will become so irrelevant. You just have to push yourself. It's just a time when you're low. That's what it is. Maybe a year, maybe even less. You will regret, I can't believe I actually thought of taking my life. But because you're a human, it does cross your mind perhaps. Maybe. I don't want to belittle the issues of mental health and so on, because it's real. But take it easy. Turn to Allah. It will help you. It will definitely help you. Not just in this world, but in the next too. May Allah Almighty bless every one of us, grant us goodness, ease. May Allah use us to assist and to help others. May Allah Almighty soften our hearts. May Allah Almighty gather us in this world and the next in His obedience.